to Small Business Lifeline, Crane's podcast to navigate the coronavirus crisis. My name is Christine Honey Dare Bryan, and I am an editor with Crane Communications. I have been talking to a lot of small business owners over the past few months and the past week who've mentioned how much time they're spending rethinking their existing business practices, and now that they're reopening, even rethinking reopening. So I'm going to take just 10 minutes of your time today to offer you some of the best tips I'm hearing right now about reinvention and rethinking for small business owners. We're first going to talk to a former chef turned consultant from New York City about how his clients, who are mainly in the restaurant industry, have been rethinking what they do and how they make money. And then we're going to talk to a Michigan-based advisor to a variety of small businesses about how his businesses are even rethinking their practices on return-to-work policies. Beza Jamshidi is a chef and executive director at the consulting firm Moosh NYC. He has been working with more than three dozen restaurants in New York and Los Angeles over the past three months who are trying to tap into crowdfunding to help them rebuild and expand. And he's been following their experiences very closely and has learned some great tips for us about what they have learned and how they are changing. Bezad, it's great to have you on our show. It's great to be here, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us about the New York retailer you've been working with, trying to survive right now when, frankly, not as many New Yorkers are out buying lots of different foods. We have one Manhattan-based ice cream shop in the West Village that's kind of diversifying the revenue stream by producing their products through co-packers and then selling them on national retailers like Whole Fruits. So they have an amazing ice cream product that they're diversing and that same business uh, has then shifted just from ice cream exclusively and their brick and mortar now does easy to reheat foods that people can come and pick up and, and take out. My tip there or than everything is just to look how to alter your, you know, your current product offerings and, and maximize your profit potentials because we need to adapt to the new consumer market that's coming and, and wholesale and retail are great places to go if you've got a product like that. I'm sure a lot of your clients are trying to contend with all these changing rules on indoor dining. What is one of your clients doing to address this? So we have a popular LA-based sandwich shop here that is expanding into a second location that just has like a larger lot so that they have more free space to have guests for outdoor seating. And so they're also developing a lot more prepared foods that are cold, like salads, pickles, chilled soups, because those help reduce their overall costs, as well as just streamline executions for them when they're in a place that has less logistical resources than their than their original location. Now, what about these at-home dining trends? I would love to be eating out more right now, but of course we all can't. So what, what are your clients learning? One actually multi-restaurant chain is kind of taking the, the farm-to-table approach by designing these take-home family meals that, you know, represent the same type of communal dining that they would have in their restaurant. But with just with a few easy steps, they're able to alter those dishes to being something that guests can take home and share with their family. What about replicating indoor dining experiences? What advice do you have for businesses and what you're learning from that? I would have them consider developing experience-based products that capture the heart of what their brand represents and, and give consumers something interactive and thoughtful to do it. 
One super fun one that I did with my, one of my beverage director friends, there's this LA restaurant that does sushi handle kits. And so we got a sushi kit, an interactive video came with it that we propped up on YouTube, and we were able to make sushi handles for, for a Friday dinner at home. And in most cases, like that experience is actually more memorable than even going into the restaurant altogether. What is the biggest lesson that all of your clients seem to be learning through this crazy, crazy time? I think it boils down to diversifying your revenue and realizing that it's not a compromisation on your brand, but it's actually a way forward. There's opportunities to enrich your brands with partnerships, with programs and services that I don't think business owners normally would explore. This pivot that we're taking because of COVID can help make a lot of business stronger in the long run. It starts by getting creative and committing to extending a service that you may not have conventionally done so. And off the gates, once you know things do operate back to normal and and you know restaurants get to open up freely and safely, you have this separate product that you've been developing that's always going to be there to generate a bit of revenue for you and kind of give you a bit of a safety net that you didn't have otherwise. Bizarre Jamshidi, it's been great having you on our show. Thank you so much. Likewise, my absolute pleasure. Tim Connor is the owner of Alteris Group, a Southfield, Michigan-based marketing, communications, and training agency. Tim has been working with nearly a dozen small businesses like car dealerships, insurance agencies, and food service firms over the past few months on his new software called COVID Comply that helps them with creating health checks and doing safety planning as their employees return to business. So he's here to offer some tips about what small businesses have been learning when they try to return to the office as they get ready to go back to the office. Tim, it's great to have you on our show. Thank you for having me. We've all heard that we've been asked to do health checks for employees when they come back to work and come back to the office. But what have you learned are the most efficient way to get these health checks done before anyone can even, you know, check in each morning? A lot of companies that we've talked to, obviously, they want to do a health check. Usually it's the temperature check when an um, employee is coming into the doors of their office. But what we have found in consulting we've been doing is to have them do the health check at home. And uh, it's easy to do, and that way they're not coming in and infecting the office. We are alerted right away at home, and so that gives you the opportunity as a small business owner to call that employee and kind of work out a plan. and hopefully keep them home and maybe even have somebody come in and fill in for that worker. What is one thing that if I'm a small business owner, I should think about doing in my downtime before my office reopens? What's kind of the key thing I need to take care of? Where you really have to start is what is that safety plan? What is that risk response plan? What's your mitigation plan? How do you put all that together? As we've done a lot of research on this, we kind of put it in some different categories. From a management perspective, what's the business continuity plan and how do you communicate that to your management team? And then what is the continuity of your business operations? And then what are your safety policies and procedures? And then procedures for exposure to the and symptoms and confirmed cases. So you have to have a response to all those different categories. We put that all together, obviously, in our tools. You can sort of do a TurboTax version of uh, putting your plan together. But that's what you should do in your downtime. 
it sounds like this is something that I should almost prepare for another outbreak, another rise, um, in, and just assume that things aren't going to get better. We look at it as a, a, a hyper-local type of response planning for your small business. So if you're in a particular state and you have a particular county within that state, you might have a, a particular plan that you have to execute different than somebody that's in a different state in a different county. So it gets very hyper-local and I think it'll be with us for a while at different levels. And so this gives you a, a lot of flexibility to be able to present that to your employees and have them understand what risk level that the community is at. So we talk about it in terms of a community response. I'm a small business owner. I've had a rough, rough few months. I don't have a lot of spare cash sitting around. What financial help is out there to help pay for training for my employees and my small business to do all this kind of COVID preparedness and COVID training? In the uh, CARES Act, it references through the Small Business Administration, the Small Business uh, Development Centers, uh, that they do have some grant monies for helping and training of certain categories. And, you know, that's kind of what we put our training together under those topics like COVID-19 hazards and prevention, effects on COVID-19 on business, things like telework productivity practices and cybersecurity basics. So that's kind of going through that Small Business uh, Development Centers for that type of training training because training is expensive and if I'm a small business owner where do I train executive orders from the governor's office say I have to have a safety plan I have to have training I have to have a person dedicated to COVID you know all these kinds of uh, guidelines how do I execute all that wonderful Tim Connor with Alteris Group it's been great having you on the show thank you thank you Christine thanks for listening to Small Business Lifeline this has been Christine Hani Dare Bryan with Crane Communications Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast networks. And if you have story tips, please email me at c-d-a-r-e-b-r-y-a-n at c-r-a-i-n-s-n-e-w-y-o-r-k dot com. We'll be coming to you each week with more tips and advice on how small businesses can keep surviving through this pandemic. Have a great week.